Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. What is the place of religious activities like fasting or a specific discipline of prayer or other special outward marks of religion in the life of someone who has come to know God? Or to put it another way, what is the defining characteristic of true religion that has come to the level that God intends for it to be? What are the evidences of a true knowledge of God? That would be a simple way of putting it. You will notice that a lot of religions in the world are characterized by particular outward observances. And those would have been true about the Old Covenant and Israel under the law. God had given them several regulations which were which pertained only to outward conduct. One of them came all the way from what God had commanded Abraham to observe for subsequent generations. This was a sign of circumcision. This was a defining mark of belonging to the people of Israel. When we come to the New Testament, it, it is set out that even in the Old Testament, for that matter, the outward mark in itself was inconsequential. What was really needed was an internal change. Even Moses, the lawgiver in the book of Deuteronomy, speaks of the necessity of the circumcision of the heart. Jeremiah the prophet speaks about all of Israel being circumcised in the flesh, but uncircumcised in heart. When we come to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul would say, the true mark of relationship with God is not outward symbols of that sort, or even external observations which are considered religious, but of a genuine transformation of the heart, which God brings about when we turn to him in faith. And God empowers us to carry out true evidences of religion, which is really reflecting the character of God. And this enablement to reflect the character of God comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, whom God gives to those who come to him by faith. In the early churches where the gospel had been preached, there was really an influence coming in from the tenets of Judaism, which sought to bring Christians back under the law, even to keep these external observances and regulations, particularly circumcision. They have to do with religious calendar, maybe dietary things. And the Apostle Paul, in writing the Galatians, is correcting this problem. It is not a trivial issue. There are sometimes Christians who think that as long as you have the essentials, as long as you teach faith in Christ, as long as you teach of the necessity of repentance and turning to God through Christ by believing the gospel, what does it matter if we add a few more things to it? The Apostle Paul, the, the Word of God, God's Spirit through the Apostle Paul would tell us it matters a lot. It is not a trivial matter at all to add things to the gospel. Just as it would take the power out of the gospel to take things out of it, to reduce it to any extent, to remove Christ from it, to remove faith from it, to remove repentance from it, so it would nullify the gospel to add our own works and external deeds as somehow contributing to our salvation. And the Apostle Paul has discussed this at length 
when we come to the end of chapter 4. At the end of chapter 4, he gives us guidance about how to deal with this problem of legalism by turning to an instance in the Old Testament. goes to the life of the patriarch Abraham, how Abraham had a child, a son of the flesh in a natural planning and manner through Hagar, who conceived as a surrogate for Sarah and gave birth to a son, Ishmael, whom God said to Abraham that he was not the one that God intended to give the promise and the blessing to. God had intended his long-range purpose through Abraham to be accomplished through Isaac, who was the son of promise. And the Apostle Paul says this whole contrast between the flesh and promise, the, the external uh, conformity or meeting some external standard versus meeting the requirement of the divine promise, this conflict still goes on. And this was all developed earlier in the text when we looked at it. When we come to the end of chapter 4 of Galatians, we read this way. Verse 28. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul has gone to the historic account in the book of Genesis to point out that just natural connection to Abraham did not bring any benefit, not the benefit of the ultimate promise. So you could actually see two categories of people connected coming from Abraham, one according to the flesh, one according to the promise. One symbolically to be identified with Hagar and her son and to the Old Covenant and to Jerusalem or the Old Covenant Judaism of Paul's day. The other to be connected with Isaac and to the promise. And the city to which it is to be identified is really the heavenly Jerusalem connected with the new covenant. A heavenly Jerusalem that bears children for God. All who have come to God through faith in Christ are children of the new Jerusalem, as foretold by Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 54. This is a verse that he quotes in Galatians 4.27. So now, in concluding this argument, the Apostle Paul uh, takes us back to the story of Abraham, Hagar, Sarah, Isaac, and Ishmael. After Isaac was born, there was a time when his weaning, his, his birthday at one point was being celebrated, that the older brother, Ishmael, was found somehow doing something improper, maybe slightly abusive toward Isaac. And this provoked Sarah, the mother of Isaac. And Sarah, the mother of Isaac, comes to Abraham saying, cast out. Hagar and Ishmael, cast out the bondwoman and her son. I will not have 
my son's inheritance being compromised by the son of the slave woman. They shall not be heirs together. Now, in the historical situation, earlier it was Sarah's idea that she should have a son through Hagar. And Ishmael was really born because of her demand to Abraham. But now when God visited and fulfilled the promise that he had initially given to Abraham, Sarah has a change of mind. She wants only Isaac, the son born out of her own body, to be the heir, which is also God's purpose. So at this point, Abraham is rather perplexed what to do. He loved both sons and he did not want to be harsh to one. But God speaks to Abraham. And God speaks to Abraham to set his mind at ease. And he says, do what your wife says in this situation. And I have my purposes for both. But in that instance, the action to be followed was what Sarah demanded, was to cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free. The son who was not according to promise was not to have the same inheritance as the son who was according to promise. The Apostle Paul finds sort of a spiritual analogy, and which is why he developed this story along these lines. He finds an analogy for the present times. He finds that in the present times, the ones according to promise, the ones who have turned to, to God through faith in Christ and are seeking salvation on the ground of faith and trusting in the work of Christ, are being imposed upon by false believers who have come in and are seeking to bring us back into bondage to the law. So he has set up this parallel of, of a servant bondage status, which is a status under the law of having to meet the external requirements of so many regulations, and a status of freedom, which he compares in the culture to the status of the one who has advanced from being a minor in age to being a major or an adult and comes into the full possession of his inheritance. Anyone who has come to Christ by faith has come into the full inheritance. The earliest status was a status under bondage. So what to do now if someone comes into the house of the free and wants to impose bondage upon them? What to do now in a situation where the son born of the flesh is persecuting the one that is born of promise. The Apostle Paul says here, the directive to us is the same as was given by God to Abraham, cast out the born woman and her son. Christians should not tolerate forms of legalism. Any form of outward requirements that imposes itself upon faith, is to be rejected totally. Our relationship to God is based upon coming to God in faith. The true evidence of the life of God is a change that is within. It's a change of heart. It's a transformation of character affected by God's Spirit. What of those who want to come into the communities of believers and want to impose their own external regulations upon them about how long or short one's hair should be, what kind of clothing one is permitted to wear, what one may wear or not wear, what special days to observe or not to observe, what foods to eat or not to eat. For all of these outward things, 
which really belong to a spiritual status of infancy or immaturity or of bondage, all of these are to be utterly rejected. Such impositions are not to be received. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the slave shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. He's taking from the Old Testament text here in Galatians 4.30. So, brothers, he says, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. It is for freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not allow legalistic impositions to be placed upon you. Do not yield to them. Resist them. Cast them out. Affirm the freedom and the, the liberty that you have through faith in Christ. A true liberty that is produced by the work of the Spirit and is not characterized by the imposition of external regulations like a religious calendar, a religious a special diet, special modes of attire, let alone things like circumcision in the flesh, which is a carryover from Judaism. That is not true religion. That is not true liberty. That is not the state of maturity in relationship to God. Those things, the things pertaining to the new covenant and of true relationship to God have to do with transformation of the heart and receiving a right standing before God through faith. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.